Hi, my name's Sam Finlay, and you're listening to the Aces Podcast. In this episode, I chat with Dr. Sepadar Sayer, a research fellow and material scientist at the University of Wollongong and AMF Materials. We have a conversation about his background, his PhD and previous studies, his latest work and the many projects he's involved in, such as 3D Genie and Our Chemical Worlds, as well as his excitement for Biofab 2021, plus much more. So let's get to the chat. So on today's ACES podcast, I'm chatting with Dr. Sepadar Sayer, a research fellow and material scientist, both at UOW and the Australian National Fabrication Facilities Materials Node. Sepadar, thanks for joining me. Um, hi, Sam. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. We were supposed to do this in person um, at the Innovation Campus, ACES headquarters, but unfortunately, both you and I, living yeah. in Wollongong, <laughs> we're in lockdown. So... We're back to That's doing this true. over Zoom, but uh, that won't stop us from having a conversation. Uh, how have you been? Obviously, this is our second week in lockdown. How are you finding uh, working from home? I mean, we did it last year, I guess, so we're, we're sort of somewhat used to it, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, it's not easy because, um, as you know, a lot of my work requires lab work, and it's obviously hard to do that from home. But, um, yeah, I'm... I'm spending most of my time on the, doing my manuscripts, uh, revising theses, and hopefully things will gradually get back to normal in the next few days. Finger crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed yeah. indeed. You, you, don't, you don't have a little lab set up in the kitchen or um, in, the, in the basement maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but you know the, the laws and rules are quite strict in Australia. <laughs> probably not the safest thing to do. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Uh, so we'll get into your lab work and, you know, the things you're doing currently in a moment, but let's go back uh, to begin. Let's go back to, I guess, your background. And I wanted to start by asking why science and I guess more specifically materials engineering uh, in the beginning. Um, yeah. So my background is in chemical and materials engineering. And um, so it was something that I was into since I was a kid. I was very keen on figuring out how stuff work and things like this. And then, um when it was time to go to university i thought so yeah um engineering would be um a good subject to do and it's in line with my interest so yeah i did uh, chemical and materials engineering in university and then um yeah I, and uh, after my undergrad i moved to malaysia um again to do uh my master's degree again in chemical engineering and then um, after that i moved to australia to do a phd so where did you do your undergrad? Uh, in Iran, back home from my right, and that's where you're from, yeah. correct? Yeah, I'm from Iran. Yeah, right. So you've moved around a little bit, as you mentioned yeah. there, Iran, and then to Malaysia, and, and now Australia. And to Australia, yeah, that's true. Yeah, how did you find uh, moving from, I mean, place to place, and more so university to university? Yeah, it was a great experience, and uh, you know, when I moved from. Um, Iran to Malaysia, I was still very young and uh, it was a little bit tough for me, but it it was a great experience for me um, being in a new environment, new people, um, a new university, uh, a totally different language um, to study because uh, in Iran, uh, the only, the main language that we, um, the language of education is uh, Persian or Iranian. 
Mm -hmm. So um, I was not too bad in English, but uh, in Malaysia, all the courses and all the subjects, everything is um, in English. So it was a little bit difficult at the beginning. And uh, but uh, it was a great experience. Gradually, I got better and better. And um, in terms of the research, also um, doing a master in uh, Malaysia uh, was a great opportunity. So I learned a lot that helped me a lot uh, in my career and in my further studies when I went to Australia. So why Australia? I mean, what sort of made that uh, decision? Why did you make that decision, I guess, to come to univer the University of Wollongong and do your, your master's here? Sorry, your PhD uh, here. Yeah. Um, so Australia, I think, is a great country to live, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've only ever really lived here. I had a short stint in London. Um, but, you know, Australia has been home for most of my life. So yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There are a few options, um, US, Canada, Australia and Europe. But um, I think the quality of education, um, the, the points that I consider to choose my next destination or for doing my PhD was um, the quality of the education, the quality of life, because um, I wanted to choose a country that I can live in and I can work and live after doing my PhD, the quality of life, the quality of education, um, and uh, the weather. <laughs> so is the weather <laughs> good to live? <laughs> and um, also the language um, are the important points that everyone would consider when they want to migrate. So um, when you put all of them together, you, you're gonna end up to very few choices, like maybe US, Canada, New Zealand and Australia, and uh, I think Australia um, has many advantages over US and Canada in many aspects. Yeah. So then I chose to come to Australia, and then um, yeah, I came to Australia and applied for a PhD and uh, at University of Wollongong, and I was quite lucky. I managed to get admission with a scholarship from UOW and did my PhD at IPRI. Great. And what did you do your PhD in? Uh, in materials engineering, and um, it was mostly on the development of uh, biocomposites for biomedical applications using graphene. Right, and you do a little bit of work now in 3D printing. Yeah. When did that get introduced to you? And I guess uh, how has it evolved since? Uh, yeah, so the 3D printing, um, it was, yeah, some part of my, my project, I did it with was uh, 3D printing was involved in it. So um, the composites that I made, I 3D print them into different shapes and scaffolds. And it was at that time that um, I gradually uh, got to know 3D printing, this fantastic, relatively novel technique on um, creating um, complex objects. And it's quite interesting when you see that very quite quickly, you can create some um, complex objects out of uh, the materials that you have developed, and it was a it was it was a great feeling for me. When I was doing my PhD. Yeah, yeah. So it was during my PhD work that I started working uh, with uh, 3D printers. But then after my graduation, many of my work were also um, um, uh, the 3D printing was um, a major part of. Uh, my work and the studies after graduation as well. 
Yeah. So speaking about after graduation, you know, you stayed on in research. Was that something you always wanted to do or did you sort of think about going into industry? Um, I have experience of working in industry after doing my undergrad back home, but then um, I decided to do further educations and do my master's and PhD. And yeah, when you do the master's and PhD, um, it is more likely that you um, do a work in an academic environment, like a research fellow work and uh, yeah, you know, work as a researcher in the academic. Yeah, and it is something that I, I'm enjoying. Yeah, I, I, I always have had it in my mind that after my graduation, I'm going to be in academic environment. Even if I go to industry, I would prefer to be a job that is some sort of linked to the academic. I don't want to leave academic forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> even if I move to industry, I still like to you know, be in touch with academic environments. Um, it's a great um, field and environment to work in. And um, yeah, it was always one of, uh, maybe was my first choice after graduation to work in academics. Yeah, and so after your PhD, you stayed on with the University of Wollongong. You've been here ever since, correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, I graduated in 2015. And then, um, yeah, after that, um, since then, I have been working at UW. Yeah, at the moment, um, you know, I'm working for IPRI and um, ANFF, as you said. And Yeah, so let's get into, you know, what you're currently doing at the moment, both at UOW and and for AMF. What are are some of the projects you're working on? Uh, You know, I know you're working on 3D Genie, which I'm sure you'll you'll speak about in a moment, but also some work with graphene. And uh, I mean, I guess your work's quite broad, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's true. And um, I have had the great opportunity of working in a multidisciplinary team and undertake uh, and take part in uh, many collaborative domestic and international research projects with academia and industry was a great opportunity. Um, at the moment, there are a couple of projects that I'm involved in. Um, the highlights for the main projects are, um, yeah, as you said, 3D Genie project. Um, 3D Genie, that is, 3D Genie is the name of a 3D printer that we developed for 3D printing prostheses. Um, I'm working as a lead researcher in that project, and um, I'm also working as a material scientist in IFIX project on the development of a system to treat corneal diseases and injuries. Um, One of my work that is almost complete is a global challenges project um, called Next Generation Sustainable Crafting Project. Um, It was a great project, a collaborative work among four researchers of different expertise from different faculties um, to bring together art, design, material science, and climatology. Um, I have been working on the development of an eco-friendly green graphene on this project, and um, it was great. The outcome of this work is called Alchemical Words and has been on exhibition at Wollongong Art Gallery since May. I'm also um, academic supervisor to PhD and master's students. So you mentioned our chemical worlds, which is a, a collaboration with um, some artists at UOW and is on show now at Wollongong Art Gallery. Uh, how did that collaboration come about? I, I know you worked with the same artists um, a number of years ago now um, for another artwork. How did that first come about? Yeah, um, it would be good to say a few words about alchemical words. Um, so. Uh, Alchemical Words is 
uh, a great artwork that uh, that demonstrates in an artistic way how a collaboration between art and science can promote ecological awareness. Um, it's actually the output of a global challenges seed funding we won in, 2000, in 2017 um, that then resulted in winning a global challenges project funding in 2019. Um, with, uh, it's actually, as I said, uh, a collaborative work among four researchers from three faculties, Joe Law, uh, Agnesha Golda, and Aaron Burton from a School of the Art, English and Media, and uh, Helen McGregor from a School of Earth and um, Environmental Sciences, and um, uh, and I, I'm from the AIM and the ANFM. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it was great. So it actually happened <clears throat> in uh, 2017. Uh, as I said, uh, Joe and Agnieszka um, had a presentation in our group. They um, presented their work that was mostly on developing artworks and uh, making one of those fancy um, art artistic things uh, with uh, <laughs> fabrics and textiles. And then they said they are seeking collaboration and they are looking for conducting materials if um, they can use our expertise to some sort of incorporate. Um, the conducting, conducting materials that we are developing today work. Then I approached them, I had a chat with them. I said, yes, my um, work over the past few years was on developing, conducting non-composite. And I think uh, we can have a very good collaboration. I think my, our materials would be useful for you. And then they welcomed it. And then um, we started to um, have some meetings and then we applied for these global challenges, uh, seed funding, we could make it and then um, it was quite successful. The outcome was quite great. And then we applied for the project funding in 2019 um, that uh, ended up to these great alchemical words. Yeah, is, is this the type of work that you'd like to continue doing, you know, collaborating with artists um, and I guess uh, providing your input through, you know, science and, you know, uh, graphene and, and materials? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it was a great experience uh, working with people of very different expertise, <laughs> you know, um, art and uh, environmental science uh, was something that I have I had very limited knowledge about it and uh, it provided me the great opportunity of um, acquiring a new knowledge in this field and uh, I always welcome collaboration with researchers of different fields and expertise i think it's great because um it's a great opportunity that you can um, you know extend and expand your knowledge in different fields and yeah definitely it's something that um, i i'm very interested in to continue and if there any other opportunities come up i will definitely will welcome it yeah, I went along to Wollong Art Gallery with you, just so the listeners know. And um, yeah, I can confirm it's a it's a very interesting artwork. So um, if you are listening, and when yeah. you can after lockdown, go along yeah. and um, check it out because they've done yes, a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, circling back a little bit to 3D Genie, which you spoke yeah. about, I'm wondering if you can give give us a little bit of an update of where that project is. Yeah, um, so 3D Genie is a great project. As you know, it's the name of a 3D printer developed. Specifically. I love the name, I must admit, it's a great name. <laughs> Did you come up with that or was that um, Professor Gordon Wallace? No, no, Gordon's, Gordon's idea. <laughs> yeah, same He always comes always. up with, with the great um, yeah, yeah, acronyms. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, <laughs> it was his great um, idea as well. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the name of 
uh, our 3D printer uh, developed specifically to print facial prosthesis from silicon materials. Uh, PDMS with the scientific name of polydimethyl silexane is um, commonly referred to as the silicon. Um, is the material that many facial prosthesis such as ears, noses, fingers are made of. Um, so the initial idea of this work came from an industrial project that I was involved in a while ago. Um, I was 3D printing PDMS to different structures and I found it a finicky material to print because of its special properties. And um, as most of the available 3D printers on the market have limited customizability, um, it was really hard to 3D print complex structures using them. So we thought, why we don't develop a low cost and uh, portable 3D printing system for the manufacturing of facial prosthesis from silicon materials? That would be a very useful instrument in the field of biomedical science. Um, so this uh, system um, can have many advantages over the conventional mold casting that is commonly used method for creating prostheses. Uh, such a system can create prostheses in high speed and high resolution and will overcome many drawbacks of conventional uh, manufacturing methods. So we started working on that and uh, we made the first generation of it. And then building upon the experience we gained, uh, we developed the second generation that is our current 3D Genie. Um, we established a very good collaboration with the clinicians and prosthetists over the uh, last few months from the beginning of the project and um, use their feedback to improve the features and function of 3D Genie. Um, 3D Genie has recently hit the border stage. Last year, we delivered the 3D Genie to AMTZ Enterprise in India as part of um, a strategic collaboration between UOW and AMTZ. And this year, we also delivered another one to Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney. And uh, hopefully more of this 3D Genie will be delivered to our collaborators in future. We are also planning to make generation three uh, in close future. Oh, exciting times. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so now let's um, you know, focus on, I guess, life outside of work. And in doing a little bit of preparation for this podcast, I jumped on your LinkedIn just to have a quick look. And I noticed yep. that you've got a certificate of acting and theater performance. Yeah. So yep. were, you, were you an aspiring actor? Is this something you still do today? <laughs> I wish I could, but uh, my <laughs> at the moment, my workload and work pressure is uh, quite high and uh, I don't have much time on <laughs> to spend on doing acting but if any um if i get any offer from any famous <laughs> <laughs> famous act, um director or a movie companies i would definitely think about it <laughs> well you never know after doing this podcast and once it's released you yeah, might be yeah getting, maybe i get famous yeah <laughs> that's right you might be getting, receiving email left right and center um, with requests <laughs> to star in a, an upcoming film <laughs> yeah yeah i wish i wish it happens <laughs> yeah. uh so something i ask every guest that i get onto the podcast is whether or not they've got some sort of routine or something they do every single day that helps them uh, approach their work and approach the, the day. Is there something you do? Um, outside of, of, outside of uh, work, my hobbies are usually what I do every day is um, most of the days, not every day is uh, reading philosophy, philosophy and psychology. And uh, I have actually a certificate in philosophy and psychology as well from back home. And um, 
yeah, it is what I try to do every day. Uh, it would be very helpful to, uh, you know, keep your mind and brain active. <laughs> um, something sort of off topic from your everyday work would help yeah. to, um, you know, to remain your your brain more active in different areas, not only focus on the work. So this is some sort of, a, it's like a relaxing time for the brain and for the mind. <laughs> and um, yeah, and over the weekend, I usually watch one or two good movies that is in line with my interest in acting. <laughs> and um, at the moment, I'm also doing a course in product management at RMIT University. That is paid through the Freighter Award that I won last year from ANFF. Great. So, you know, I, I also usually ask the guests that I get on there if what they'd be doing if they weren't, you know, in research or they weren't in academia. But I guess yours would be acting. Is there maybe anything else that you could <laughs> see yourself doing? Acting and philosophy. Maybe I would become perfect a philosopher. <laughs> and um, professor of philosophy at university. Still, it would be in academia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, yeah, uh, a professor in acting or a professor in philosophy. <laughs> Sounds like the, uh, the perfect other career directions for you to go yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so just to, to wrap up the podcast, I'm wondering if you can offer any advice to maybe students out there that are thinking about doing a, a similar sort of PhD or studying the same sort of field as you. Um, yeah, so uh, doing PhD in IPR was a great experience for me. So um, I would definitely um, recommend it to students who want to do PhD in materials engineering in Australia or they are, if they are overseas, want to move to Australia. Australia is a great country to live and to study. So um, yeah, if um, they are looking for a country or they are looking for an engineering course to do it, I would suggest IPRI, our group, is a great group with great facilities, great people to work and study in. Um, and uh, the other suggestion is that just do whatever they like uh, in their life because life is quite short. <laughs> and if they are interested in any subjects or any course or anything, just um, do whatever they like. Um, don't follow what the others have done because people make decisions based on their own interests. Their own beliefs. So um, don't oblige yourself to do something that you don't like, but is just recommended to you by uh, friends or families. Just follow and pursue the career, the lifestyle that you you like in your life. Some great advice there. And uh, <laughs> just one last thing to ask you before we finish up. I wonder, will you be attending this year's uh, Biofabrication 2021 conference? And if so, what are you most excited about for the conference? Yeah, yeah, it's a great conference, uh, great invited speakers. Um, and I actually um, registered for it last year as well. And my abstract was accepted as well. I submitted an abstract and it will be on our 3D Genie. I'm going to present our 3D Genie in Biofab 2020. And um, unfortunately last year, because of the pandemic, it was postponed, but fortunately we're gonna have it this year. And um, yeah, it's a very great uh, conference, uh, bringing over uh, scientists from um, different areas and different fields focus on uh, biofabrication. And it would be a great opportunity to, uh, for people who have limited knowledge or uh, on that in that field, it would be a great opportunity to attend the conference and um, get updated 
uh, on this field and uh, for the people who are experts as well um, we always need to get updated <laughs> and um, yeah uh, so yeah yeah it's a great conference it's a great opportunity um, to um, to attend and to uh, be in touch with the people who are experts in this field yeah, and if you'd like to find out more information about the conference for anyone listening, you can just head to biofabrication2021.org. Uh, the conference will be held from the 27th to 29th of September. Uh, yep, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat, Sepeda. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on it. And um, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. And hopefully I'll see you back. Uh, on campus very, very soon after yeah, this lockdown finishes. Soon. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for all the latest ACES news, head over to our website, electromaterials.edu.au. Until next time, goodbye.